Taylor Walker from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Shannon Hearn from the West Coast Eagles. This is Nathan Jones from the Melbourne Football Club. Phil Davis from the GRS Giants. That's Brad Aver from the Port Adelaide Football Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, you're with MJ. Welcome to another Coaches Panel 50 Most Relevant as we look through who I think are the most relevant players for the season of 2019. Today, talking about Pierce Hanley. Yeah, the Gold Coast son, Pierce Hanley. To help me talk about him, I've got Tim on the line. Hello, mate. How are you? Pretty good, MJ. Good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be talking fantasy footy. And it's an interesting one with Pierce Hanley. Just in the past few days, you may have caught up over the weekend that horrible news that Tom Mitchell is out injured and out for most of, if not the entirety of the 2019 season. While we do wish him well in his recovery, it brings up an interesting point for us that is relevant when we talk about Pierce Hanley, is that sometimes injuries come out of nowhere. Sometimes injuries for players have a history but can change, and sometimes injury history continues on. The fact with Pierce Hanley, as we'll discover over the next 10 to 15 minutes, is when he's fit and firing out on the park, this guy is a fantasy scoring option for us. Definitely is. Definitely is. He's uh, he's had many a huge day back in the in his old Brisbane days when it was Rocky and Hanley just going to town on people. And um, he's tried to do the same at the Suns, but uh, I guess that's where the relevancy comes in with his um, time off the game. Yeah, it certainly does. Look, he's 30 years old, so it's he's not uh, you know fighting fit at 22 years old and plenty of footy left. And there's still a few good years, but he is a defender for us. And from his price point, given what he can do, as you've said, that's where his relevancy comes in. His super coach pricing is just a couple of thousand dollars off 300,000, just a little bit off 350,000 in Dream Team. While for AFL Fantasy, just a little bit over $410,000. His averages last year across the formats were 60, but in terms of where his price point is, it's sort of in those 40s to 50 range. So there's some potential growth on the 60 let alone where he's now being priced at. Last year, his best game, he only played a couple, but his best game in terms of scoring was against the Tigers right across the formats. It was a 90 in AFL Fantasy and an 88 in Supercoach. And while he's not um, he's not going to be a premium keeper for you, although if he plays 22 games, perhaps he is, the fact is, for a long period of time, Tim, He's been fantasy relevant for us. Uh, more for Dream Team and AFL Fantasy, um, but certainly Supercoach relevant as well. But just looking at the Dream Team and Fantasy numbers, between 2011 and 2016, where he was playing at Brisbane, he didn't dip his average below 80. Um, and while 2014 was a long year ago, and the numbers are comparable in Supercoach, um, during that year, Averaged 98.5 and played 20 games. And in that year, eight tons, including a 182 against the side that he now plays for. Again, comparable numbers in super coach. But here we're seeing a guy, yes, it's four or five seasons ago. But for a big period of time, you can look at the data and say, when Pierce Hanley plays, he's a pretty safe 80s plus averaging defender. And given he's been priced in the 40s to 50s, depending on the format you play, there is plenty of potential growth based on what we're paying for. Absolutely. And whenever he's been defence eligible, which has been most of his career, as you said, he's been one of the better defenders, or at least in the conversation. He's yeah. had some 
some monster scoring runs. You said 2014, he had what that big 180, and I'm sure he's had another one at some point. Mm. Um, and even though last year, when you're saying his high score was 90, he only played three quarters of the match there, so that was the three quarter time. Yeah. So he was sort of on track for you know 120 or something, and and Stewie Jew was uh, sort of spoke really highly of him after he got injured in that game too. He did a hammy, basically saying he's put in all the work to get back. He's looked really good. He he seemed to have a, a good opinion of him and want him in the team. So if you can get back to that, it's basically the the injuries is the only thing. It really sounds like it'd be massive value. Yeah, it is because um, when he's on the field. Um, he's scoring, um, at least in my opinion, 25 to 30 points per game higher than what you're paying for in a seasonal average if he's on the ground and then if he gets the role I believe he will get. Because when he's fit and firing, he's a proven fantasy footballer, but he's just a sublime player to watch. He's got these rare skill set um, that a lot of AFL players don't, and Gold Coast are screaming out for it because he's got this incredible burst of speed away from stoppages and, and outside of the contest, um, which makes him incredibly difficult to shut down when running at speed. Um, he's got an exquisite kick and, and more often than not hits his target, which is great for super coach. Um, and even though the Suns have had some difficulty keeping some players in their side, and they are looking for the next generation through that midfield, they're looking at the Brody, they're looking at Bose, they're going to look at Ainsworth, um, Swallow, Miller. Yes, they've brought in some top-up players like an Anthony Miles, um, you know, that, that are certainly going to help them. They're probably one of the most inexperienced midfield groups in the competition, and Hanley's skill set. Plus his experience, if he plays on the wing, which is where I believe he should play in this side, he's going to rack up 80 average across the formats quite comfortably and as such be a very difficult selection um, to pass up if, in fact, you're looking for a stepping stone in your back line. Yep, so you've touched on the role there. So basically, he used to do that a bit at uh, the Lions too, didn't he? Mm. Push up onto the wing, sort of run out of halfback onto the wing. So if, uh, if he does get that role, that's that's really uh, half the question. The second one is whether he's he's fit. Because if he's got the role and he's fit, then um, at that price, you can't really say no. So uh, just looking on his fitness and how he's gone, last year he played three games and he got injured in two of them. So he busted his shoulder in round three, which gave him a, a, about a 20-point score. And he'd sort of done it in the preseason, I think. Mm. Missed a couple of games, came back and did it straight up. So that's why he missed most of last year. And then did a hammy in uh, in the game against the Tigers. So, but if you look over his last few years, he's played three, thirteen, twenty-two, eleven, and twenty. So, mm. he's sort of played less in the last few years. But uh, there's not a lot of a common theme with why he's missed. They're all different things. He's missed a game with a back knee. Um, had two months off with a hip a few years ago. He obviously had the family tragedy a couple of years ago. Missed a game with an ankle, a heel. Uh, the only constant is that he seems to do a hamstring every year, but he's only missed mm. one or two games a year from it. So um, it's it's just whether you think his body is breaking down or if he's just been a little unlucky. He doesn't seem to have any chronic thing like virtual with his knee. Yeah, it's just a, a series of unfortunate events, or, or potentially if you don't trust his body, it's sort of the question you've got to. Uh, ask yourself. Yeah, it's is is this a deletio, you know, where it's just continually the same type of issue, soft tissue injury, or is it just like you've said, 
this series of unfortunate events coming together. Because he, he finds himself, you know, in, in the realm of how most fantasy football coaches would see him, kind of in purgatory, where he's, yes, he's got a history of being a really relevant player and really good scorer and, and consistent when he's on the ground, but he's been injured so frequently and with so many different things, especially since joining the Gold Coast Suns. That for some they've automatically they've seen the name they've not really got far into the article or the podcast and gone no that's it I'm not touching him he doesn't at his price point he does not have to play 15 games for you this year at his price point he doesn't have to play 22 games for you this year at his price point he needs to play six eight games for you for him to do his job. Now, while he could play 22 games and be a certainly a, a high 80s um, sort of averaging player based on history of what he's done when he's been fit and firing, um, I think when you're looking at these players that are stepping stones, you're not banking on the fact that you're going to keep them. You're banking on the fact that they're going to do a, a little bit of both. Of they're going to make you some cash, but they're going to deliver you scores that at times can give you the occasional premium hit where you're going to kind of flirt between both. And that's where you're hedging your bet with him. You're not getting a pure cash cow where it's only 50s and 60s and you're happy with that. No, no, no. At his price point, you want some 80s, some 90s, the odd ton where he's going to generate cash. He's going to make you some points on field. And then one of the other, um, he's either a really small upgrade to a fallen premium or if things go really well, it's just a simple sideways trade to a defender you want. Yep, spot on. And th- so, as you said, if you if he plays six to eight games for me, ideally from round one, if he plays, say, six to eight of the first eight to ten games, that he's done done the job and made the money. Yeah, yeah. And, and something that we spoke about a couple of days ago with Josh Corbett, um, who who's in the 50 most relevant, we highlighted just how good the early draw is, especially the first four weeks for the Gold Coast Suns. In round one, they play St Kilda. Again, a side that's probably a little more advanced than them, but I don't think the Suns are as bad as everyone seems to suggest. But they're, they're certainly in their grouping of the likely bottom six to ten players clubs in the AFL in terms of where their ladder position is. Round two, they come up against Fremantle. Um, round three, the Gold Coast Suns come up against the Western Bulldogs. And round four, they come up against Carlton. Their first most difficult game in terms of you could build a case that, yeah, I see them being competitive, maybe even beating the Saints, um, maybe even beating Carlton, maybe even beating Fremantle. Bulldogs, you'd expect them definitely to lose, but Adelaide's the one where you go, no, there's really no chance of, of getting the win over at Adelaide Oval. Those first four weeks are, are quite a friendly fixture for the Gold Coast Suns. And, and if we can get through those first four weeks injury-free, averaging 80, um, you're well on the way to him achieving what you've purchased him for. Yep, and he'll make you enough money in those first couple of months if he does play the first eight. So, as you said, go to whoever you want. If he's not going to be a season-long keeper, then you'll be able to use the money and take the money and run. Yeah, and it's like with any of these guys that have got an injury history, you've got to enter in the selection of knowing the the variables and how likely the percentage is of their body breaking down. So it can't be like, oh my gosh, the, the injury came from nowhere, like we alluded to at the top. A guy that has had no injury history, especially at his new club in Tom Mitchell, you know, a freak accident can kind of happen and rule them out for the year. So no one's, you know, prone from 
being injured. But the fact is, when you're going with Hanley, you know the risk that you're taking. But the reward, I think, is so great that it's worth considering him, given what you're paying for and what he can deliver. Worst case scenario, in the first four or five weeks, he gets injured, and you downgrade him to a cash cow defensive option. Maybe you've got you know the opportunity to open up a link in another line. So worst case scenario, you downgrade him and you cop a ten or a twenty or a thirty on field. Like that's not going to break your season. Uh, reversely, if things go well, you can run him right up till his buy round if you really wanted to. You know where the Suns have the final buy round of the three, and you can quickly flick him over to a an Alex Witherden or a Jake Lloyd who are just coming off their buy. So uh, I think there is certainly a risk associated to him, but the reward feels so great. It does, and as long as he has one good game, so yeah. if he comes out and scores an 80 in round one, say, even if he does get injured early in round two, well, even across those two games, his average is still going to be what he's priced at. So you're not going to lose money. You're just basically yeah, having to use a trade, essentially. Yeah. And early on in the year, most coaches um, kind of bank on uh, probably between round two and, you know, rounds two and maybe round three, realizing that although everybody wants to correctly nail the cash cows, correctly nail their premiums, get, make sure they get the right plunge on a breakout, most coaches should estimate that they need a couple of fix-up trades if they need them, to bank on them. Um, you hope you don't have to do it. You hope you get all the research, everything goes your way. But you need to be prepared that after round two, you could have missed someone. You could have made a mistake or things outside of your control could have happened that you need to go on amend. And, and, and so... And, sorry, just on that, and his price is going to be really awkward to fix up to him. Yes. You can fix up from him down, but yes. it's going to be really hard to fix up a rookie up to him or a premium down to him at round three. Yeah. Look, thankfully, we do have a lot of options around that pricing range. We've, we've already um, spoken about one of them um, already in, in the 50 most relevant. And gosh, who knows, potentially, you know, some more of these players are going to come. Yesterday, we spoke about Dylan Robertson. Why I've got Pierce a, a little bit higher than, than Dylan Robertson in the 50 most relevant um, is I actually think Pierce Hanley has some of the best scoring ceiling. Now, he's got a different injury concern um, than, than Dylan. His was the irregular heartbeat, which thankfully he's on the modified program. Everything looks like he's good to go round one. But Hanley's is that consistent body failing him for varying reasons. Hanley's got the ceiling that none of these mid-price stepping stone defenders... He's got it in spades. And so that's why, for me, I've got him ranked that little bit higher than, than Dylan Robertson. So while there is risk involved, here's where I find myself with Pierce Hanley at the moment, is if he gets the role I suspect he should, he gets through the JLT and the preseason fit and firing, it's going to be very difficult to not seriously consider him because we've got so many options through there. And look, maybe you do choose Robertson over him and that's okay. Maybe you choose one of the others that may or may not appear in the 50 most relevant and that's okay. But given what he's priced at, given what his potential is, he needs to be considered if fit and firing through the preseason. Yep. So I guess uh, the last bit then would be how do you see him in draft leagues and would you give him much value in a keeper league at the moment? It's interesting, you know. Um, you know, let's talk about a seasonal draft league, I, I guess, for a moment. Because if he's fit, if he's rolling through the midfield, then, then, and then I certainly think an average of an eighty across any of the formats um, is certainly achievable, um, and, and that would put him as a 
gosh, depending on the you know the depth of your league and how you choose to like to build your back line, it, that's not horrible as a D three. Um, you know, I wouldn't pick him as a D three straight out. I'd be wanting to pick him, you know, a, a little bit later than that, um, especially given the injury history. Um, but in a single season league, if I end up with him as my um, my D four, um, you know, as, as a stretch, I, I'm pretty okay with that. What are you thinking about a seasonal league, man? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty spot on. I wouldn't really want to pick him as one of my three best defenders. No, not not to say that if uh, if he stayed fit that he couldn't end up averaging there. Yeah. Um, but if you could get him as your fourth, or look, I guess it depends on um, how deep people's draft legs go. Yeah. But you get him as your fourth, or or even potentially the fifth. Yeah. I mean, it it depends. So, like in ultimate footy and and whichever formats, they tend to give you a default list that a lot of people work off mm. of their draft and. Players who've been injured previous years are often listed a lot lower than they should be, so it's sort of out of sight, out of mind a bit, and he's a candidate to drop further than he should just on that basis alone. Yeah, look, I, I think you you should be able to get him at D4 pretty safely, and and maybe. You, you've got to know the coaches that are in your league and how they think and things like that, but you might, like you said, be able to get him at D5 because he's burnt some people, because of his injury history. And again, depending on when your draft is actually held, if it's you know before the JLT, um, you and may be able to get him at a D5 if it's, you know, after the JLT and he's flying and gone and got a couple of 90s and 800s, then maybe it's not as easy. Keeper leagues, it's probably similar because of his age um, at 30 years old. A, a lot of coaches in keeper leagues, once players start to hit 30, start to go sour on them a little bit. So again, you should get some value if he's fit and firing through there. He probably does um, drop away, um, you know, maybe the late teen selection in a, in a keeper league, maybe even further. Um, you know, because let's be honest, in the late teens, once you've kind of built your best 15 core group, you're probably starting to look at picking off some of the young guns. You might have been doing that a bit earlier. So, gosh, maybe it is the early 20 rounds of a of a brand new keeper league that you're going and picking him up. It might be, yeah. And in terms of value, I guess if you have him, you kind of want to wait till he's had one big score and mm. then just pick, pick a coach who's uh, clearly in it to win it this year and just see what they'll give you for him. Yeah, I think so. If you're developing, you know, in a in a young list building, not a, a realistic finals chance, and you've got him in your list right now, if he is flying through the preseason, um, yeah, maybe you'll be able to get a little bit of extra value for him. Maybe another high draft select, you know, a draft selection that maybe of more benefit to your longer term strategy. Everyone chooses to play keeper leagues with a different mindset and strategy in mind. I, you know, in a couple of the leagues that you've seen, you witness there are some people that once they hit thirty, no matter who they are, they're looking to sell them off and. And then there are others that love getting those older guys because there's the potential um, value of others devaluing them. So, yeah, everyone chooses to look at them differently. But I think there's definitely plenty of upside with Pierce Hanley in seasonal and draft leagues. We just need to see him get through that preseason. And let's, fingers crossed, see him because he's a, a beautiful footballer to watch when he's firing. He is, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, he stays fit and uh, gives us another good, uh, good player to watch in the season. Yeah, he certainly does. Hey, man, appreciate your thoughts today on Pierce Hanley. No worries. Cheers. If you want to go and check out the article, you can go and do that at coachespanel.tv for Hanley and any of the other players so far in the 50 most relevant. Uh, you've got all the links for the Patreon if you want to pledge and be a part of supporting the Coaches Panel. And you can go and check us out on iTunes and Spotify to get this and every other podcast we do this preseason. Midway through the 30s of the 50 most relevant and some special guests coming up over the next few 50 most relevant episodes.